Hello, this is Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And we are Two Teachers Talking, a show where Tony and I get together and talk about teaching in Japan and teaching at universities, teaching English in universities, trying to teach, trying to figure out what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, mainly wrong. And today we have episode 85, and with the start of the academic school year in Japan, we're going to be talking about what we're going to do differently. Sounds like kind of like deja vu again to me, Tony. What do you think? <laughs> well, it kind of goes with the territory, right? Um, the year ends, you kind of forget everything that you've done. And with the new uh, new year beginning, looming in the horizon and things, you kind of have to relearn everything that you thought you knew somehow. Yeah, I'm always amazed at how much I forget by the time I'm starting to plan my classes for the following year. In my case, that might not be such a bad thing. Well, I'm beginning to think the same thing <laughs> that actually remembering what I did might not be that helpful. Yeah, but maybe better yeah. off starting from scratch, right? Well, you know, I always think that. And I think that's one of the joys for new teachers, people coming in maybe with only limited amounts of experience, a couple of years under their belt, that they get to go in to like totally fresh each year. Whereas now I just, there's so many things I do automatically and I think, so many things that seep in when I think I'm trying to innovate or trying to change or do things differently. And then I suddenly I look at and think, you know, I'm not doing anything differently, am I? This is just all the same stuff again. I don't know. It's kind of a yeah, strange for me, feeling. It's a, yeah, when I, when I was thinking about uh, what we were going to talk about before the show in the last couple of days, um, it kind of struck me that, uh, again, talking about people who maybe haven't been teaching that long, uh, it might seem to again like to to a teacher with a lot of without a lot of experience that um, people who've been doing this for a long time they get to a certain point and you know they've got it they've they've got the answer there's that there's a right way to do something and it it struck me you know in in, uh, in the preparation is like well you know really that's really kind of a a main point is that um, you're never really there. Uh, it, it is it is an ongoing process that does not end, and you're never there, and there is no answer. You just kind of look at what you've done, try to preserve what you think you might have done right, and uh, build on that and, and try to make it better. And you're never there. Uh, you're always moving toward this this point on the horizon, which keeps getting farther and farther away. <laughs> Yes, that's what exactly what I was thinking, is that it seems like it's just getting more distant all the time. And I wonder if that's because I know more now, and I can realize that, no, I'm just not that good. I'm just not doing that well. There's just so many more things I could do better at this point in time. Yeah, the more, the more experience you've got, the better you can see how bad <laughs> you are. How bad I am. Okay, let me see. So, Charles, how long have you been teaching? Oh, I don't know, going on about 30 plus years. So, what do you think about your teaching? Oh, I'm so much worse than I used to be. That would probably come about just because I know more from being in the classroom and being you're, inside you're the aware classroom. of what you're not doing. Yeah, yeah. So, maybe we had this discussion a while ago about when maybe we thought we were better when we were younger. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm beginning to think I maybe that was wrong. Maybe I just didn't know enough and I wasn't seeing things and I didn't realize and I thought, ah, oh, you know, the students are enjoying themselves. That means I'm a really good teacher. So 
Yeah. So that I always find the time from when we break around fe February, which is really the end of the academic year, until the start in April, it tends to be a pretty difficult time for me. There's a lot of thinking and looking back. And I think what frustrates me the most is that I keep doing the same things all over again and again and again when I think I should change. So, which really brings us to the topic today about what we want to do differently this year, right? Hopes and dreams and everything mm. else. Okay. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a challenge. It, it, it really is hard. <laughs> it is tough because uh, you have to uh, take a critical look at what you've done. And uh, you're, again, you know, like I always talk about, and it's kind of, you know, this uh, customized teaching. Um, you're dealing with a whole lot of unknowns. You know, you're going to be teaching kids that you haven't seen, you don't know, you have no, you know, needs analysis. Um, it's... Um, it's not an easy thing, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> we're going to try. <laughs> so, right. so, yeah, somehow we got to do it, right? So there we are. So, so somehow um, things that we're going to do differently. Yeah. One thing I've been thinking about doing differently, and it goes against a lot of what I believe, is just what you talked about, you know, with needs analysis, knowing what kind of students we have and getting a better grip on who they are, what they know, how much knowledge they have, what their level is, how much skill, how you know, their skill level is maybe actually testing them the first class, giving them some assessments to find out vocabulary level, how much they know, how much they're willing to talk, how, how well they can listen. I don't know. That's something I'm thinking about, but I really go up and down with that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very hesitant to, to give a test on the first day. I have to, I have to administer a test uh, department requirement on uh, one, of, one of my classes. And... Um, yeah, it's just a, especially if it's, it happens to fall on their first day, you know, the students' first day at university. I right. don't want their first. I don't want their first experience they, at university. To be a Certainly test. not in my class. I don't want my their first experience with me to be a test. That 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 just sets a bad tone for the for the rest. I, of the I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Trust me, I really know. I think I mentioned that I'm going to. I'm teaching a class Monday morning at my university. It's going to be the first cl university class those students have. Uh -huh. And there's just uh -huh. no way I'm going to sit down and say, okay, we're going to do a listening assessment, a vocabulary assessment, and a speaking assessment. I can't do that. I mean, I want to. I want to figure out some way to get a better sense of what the students know, because we've talked about this before, that it's so easy to overshoot and assume that they know more than you think they know. So that's something I'm thinking about, but I have a feeling that's going to be another thing that I just don't change, and I'm not going to test them on the first day. And yeah, just as you were talking, I'm writing down. It's like, and a new topic is born. You know, what is that? How is it? What exactly do we look at? How? What is it that we do um, without administering a test, for example, to get an idea of where students are and how we're going to approach a, a given class? Someday. <laughs> I wrote it down. Yeah. So what about you? What what is something you're thinking? Well, for me, I, I I've got you know maybe I got some big overall things in in my noggin back at the end, but um, I've got uh, I've got so many different kinds of classes, and uh, each of them is going to get uh, pretty much all of them, and a couple of them are pretty close to where I want them to be, and they're not going to be that many changes. But 
most of them I'm gonna I'm going to do some you know, some small and some not so small changes. Um, one example, one for example, is I have um, I'll kind of do this school by school because <laughs> my own org- organization, my mind can only only handle so much. Um, I have one uh, class. It's a elective class uh, for students who want to improve their English. And the level is very, very low. And the, the class is called Easy English. And um, as we know, the, you know, the level, the English level of students over the, over the years is not what it once was. And, um, I've, and after last year, realized that, yeah, I, I maybe need to take it down a notch. And um, I'm going to try uh something that i fell back on long long time ago when i was faced with some students who um were unable to keep up with what i expected that, that they would be able to do um and uh, kind of have them uh create their own dialogues and then perform them and supplement that with um vocabulary lists vocabulary games and vocabulary tests and see how that goes, because uh, you know the kids I had last year—they were very uh, upbeat, very very ganky. Um, but I realized that was probably asking too much of them, uh, and uh, didn't didn't see a lot of result from that class. So that's something I'm going to do there. Hmm. Um, same school. I've got a kind of a again. It's it's not very well defined. It's let's call it a kind of a presentation class. It's called um, a kind of a presentation class. <laughs> it's well, it's it's called a bunch of different things. It's called power speaking. Uh, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, and, and, fire and, the and, person who named that. Fire and, the person yeah, who named that. And then and the textbook doesn't match what the you know the syllabus <laughs> requires. It's, okay, fire them so, twice. Fire them okay, twice. <laughs> I, I would I would if I could, but I'm I'm not at that. And I'm at the other end, and. Um, also with them, they, they, the, the classes that I get tend to be um, the, from that, that particular school is kind of the, the lowest um, levels of, of, of that cohort group. Mm. And uh, I, t- in order to get anything from them, I think I need to break everything. And we've talked about this too, break everything down into smaller concrete steps um, you know, the it's and it, it's not a, you know, it's not an English thing. I think it's it's a raw horsepower thing, and uh, more examples, uh, more basic steps. Uh, again, tweaking of expectations, not expecting to be able to do much, and um, maybe try to integrate a little bit more collaboration um, when they're like putting their presentations and things together. Um, and again, you know, it's kind of. For, you know, force myself to keep the more modest expectations on the table and not expect too much from them. Mm. And um, I guess that, and the other ones, like you know, the other class, there's just like a regular English communication class. These are for that for that school's you know better students, first year students, English majors. Um, yeah, maybe just emphasize a little bit more in in many subtle and not so subtle ways the importance of actual English communication. Um, you know, just very directly exp- tell them that, yeah, that's important. Make it a bigger part of their grade, um, and uh, make it a bigger part of the class, you know, time-wise and 
uh, attention-wise, and just maybe like more direct ways of just emphasizing um, the speaking aspect of it rather than others, because it used to be a much more tightly coordinated class, and over the years, the the this, the department has kind of loosened what we're able to do. And before it was pretty much the the final. Everyone had a common exam. And the exam emphasized grammar and listening, so naturally you had to address that more in the class. Now we're able to do the tests ourselves, so you're a little bit more freehand, and, and I'm going to steer it in, in that direction and see how it goes. Okay. So that's one day. That's one thing. Cool. So, um, yeah, you want to jump in? Give me a, br- <laughs> give me a breather? <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I was just kicking back and thinking, oh, this could be an easy cast for me. <laughs> I think, yeah. and uh, basically, the other, and another school, take take another one out of thing. Uh, basically, the same thing what I just said with that English communication class really um, put a greater emphasis on speaking and um, a little bit more direct explanation of that, uh, make it more clear to them what the what the expectations are. Um, again, this, this school also has a component in the classes that emphasizes listening. So I had been doing a lot of, um, work with the students that help their listening skills, but, um, I think maybe I'll back off a little bit on that and, um, emphasize the, the speaking a little bit more and see if we, I can get maybe better results this year and see what happens there. I don't know. I'm just wondering if I stay quiet, if you'll continue going. No. (laughs) (laughs) So back to me there. So much for that strategy. That strategy doesn't work. Uh, (laughs) Something you said, it's something I've been thinking about um, in terms of expectations is I'm going to use, I'm planning to use more models this year Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. say, this is what I would consider to be a good representation of what you're doing and this would be an unacceptable representation of what you're doing i'm thinking in terms of maybe introductions to presentations uh conclusions maybe paragraphs so that the students really can see clearly what is a good model you know this uh, this is what i'm supposed to try to achieve this is how to do something so i want to do that in terms of making it clear to the students that this is what's expected, but also here's something that you can use and you can use it to practice and maybe get a general sense of what is really a good example of the kind of thing you're trying to achieve. So I'll see how that goes. I'm a little scared that it might get into too much copy and paste in a certain way. That's a concern of mine. I I think, yeah, I I understand that, but I think you're right. I think um models examples um can be extremely helpful uh and i and i understand your observation because because i have the same kind of gut feeling it's like well you know that's making it too easy or or something but um no i don't think so um i think we i think to kind of squelch that that instinct or that that feeling whatever it is um i think that's uh very good way to increase the quality of your results with the, with the students that we have. Uh, I think they find that really helpful, very useful. And, um, 
in, in, in a different way than you or I would if we were learning. You know, we, we kind of we want to kind of do it our way, but um, they find it comforting and they know how to learn that way, I think. Um, so I think that's a I think that's a good idea, and and in fact, with I kind of have the same idea with one or two of my other classes to uh, provide them with examples and models. If I but the hard part for me is to find them, right? You have to make them. I know, but yeah, I'm busy. Well, <laughs> I know, I do, I I know. I'm yeah. lazy. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, how much more time and effort do we need to put in? It's, even if I'm trying to find things on the internet that's already been done for me, I still have mm -hmm, to tweak mm -hmm. them and fix them. But I'm beginning to think that it's easier for me to videotape, you know, set up a tripod, for example, for a presentation class and give my, you know, just do a presentation on the topic that the students are doing and say, this is what I would consider to be a pretty good presentation. You know, eye contact, gestures, pronunciation, posture, how, you know, things are said, you know, rhythm, speaking, content, et cetera, it might be helpful for them. And you know, I think it's too late for another change, I'm thinking, that this has been coming up just in the last week or so. And this is actually a really very, very big change, but I'm beginning to think that I might want to go to what one of my professors, my undergraduate professors, called the European system. This was a literature professor I had. Uh, American literature, and he gave us a choice to take the class either the American system or the European system. And the American system was you got a midterm and a final, 50%, 50%. And he said the European system is where the final is 100% of your grade. And um, I ended up taking the European system <laughs> option. But I'm beginning to wonder whether to just put everything on the final project and say, look, that's 100% of your grade, but and see what happens. And in a class, for example, and there's one caveat to that is that if a student doesn't come to class and it's a presentation class, I will say, if you have not come to two thirds of the class, then you will give your presentation directly to me rather than the usual, you know, to other student groups. But I'm beginning mm -hmm. to wonder whether or not, you know, everything is, uh, you know, based on the, has to be used. You have, you can't get a good score on the final project unless you do everything all the other activities, but everything is just graded at the final point. And I'm wondering whether or not that would have any effect, whether it would improve the student performance, it would increase their motivation for learning, I don't know. But it's something I've been thinking about. And it would make my life a lot easier because I wouldn't have to be grading papers every week. Yeah, I think for me... I know me, there's a lot of holes yeah. in that thinking. I know that, yeah. but I'm just tossing yeah. it out. Yeah, I like. Yeah, it, it's an interesting concept. I, for me, especially again with, with the, the students that I teach, um, I don't think that I have enough confidence in my own ability to communicate what would be expected or in terms of what we were just talking about, like models and things and what, what the expectations would be. Um, I'm not sure that I would be able to sufficiently communicate to them exactly what it is that they needed to do to what degree, right. et cetera, et cetera. So with, um, with progressive grading through the semester, it's like, okay, well, you know, they get the first one. It's like, what, you know, did they say, what, what do you mean at 50? It's like, well, you didn't do this, this and that. Right. That they learn through the semester what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. I mean, there's other ways to do that. Um, 
but I just know that I, looking back at my own <laughs> practice, um, there have been a lot of times when I, I, I'm pretty sure that it was my fault for not being clear enough, being communicating clearly enough what it is, what my expectations were. So, and, and yeah, that makes me a little nervous with that. Yeah, well, yeah I'm just tossing it out as something. I sure. No, think, no, but I, something yeah, I've it's a nice idea. About. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. I don't have enough confidence to think that I can clearly communicate to the students and make sure they understand. I'm thinking they'd still have to do the assignments and I would take a look at them and then I could just, you know, put like a check, check minus or something and get it back to them. Yeah, did it or didn't do it. Right, you did it. You did it acceptably or you did it unacceptably, and you know then I'd still know what's going on, and I could pull the students aside and make comments on them. But I'm just thinking in terms of, you know, would that actually give them more reasons to work? And then there's a thing that in my head's going, "Are you kidding me, Charles?" Nah, you know, eighteen <laughs> to twenty-two year olds, their middle names are procrastinate. <laughs> Well, what they when you you explain that they're just like oh I don't have to do anything I don't have to <laughs> do anything until the, the I don't have to do anything until the fourteenth week exactly. and then I can work on this presentation and I'm done so great uh, so, I love this class I love this class all I have to do is not sleep for one week right right I have five days where I'm just going to be yeah. up all night doing my work yeah yeah well I'm the reason I mention this is the thing again when we're talking about doing things differently is whether or not the class can be structured slightly differently in terms of the meaning of the weekly assignments. And this um, was, I've mentioned a colleague of mine at my school who teaches French, and that she tells the students, I mentioned this in the last podcast, I believe, that she doesn't grade the homework, and she tells students that she doesn't grade the homework. Yeah, and you mentioned this last And they time, turn yeah. their homework in still. And well, they don't believe her. Maybe. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's like if you if you tell them that it's homework, then it's, it, it, it goes into this little thing. And it's like the, the good students will they can't not do it. Even right. if you say it's optional, you don't have to do it. They can't not do it because you call it homework. And if you don't call it homework, they don't feel bad about it at all. But if you call it homework, then it then it then becomes something that they have to do. But if you don't say that, if you tell, if you say, I want you, you know, I want to do this, and then the, the, the students sometimes will ask, will say, is that homework? I go, well, because a lot of times what I ask them is, I said, what I, for next class, what I want you to do is think about A, B, C, right? And they're, they're, they're confused. And it's like, <laughs> it, what, what, homework? And I go, oh, I thought you were. They were yeah, confused about yeah. thinking. <laughs> well, they are. It's like, what do you, what do you mean? It's like, yeah, it's a so, strange and concept. And so, do we, do we do we have to hand it in? And I go, how do you hand in your thinking? <laughs> no, I want you to think about. It. Oh, okay. So, okay, they don't have to hand it in. Means they, they don't, don't have, have to, to do, do it. Well, maybe we so need to interesting, rename, interesting thing. Rename the episode what we're thinking of doing differently, <laughs> not what we will do differently. Yeah. You know, something I've always wanted to do, and I've never had the courage to do it, and I've always been scared of uh, how it would be dealt with. And I've mentioned this before about creating an A, 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 an A track, B track, C track, or A and B mm -hmm. track and then C yep, track for yep, my yep, students. Yep. I'm really wondering, you know, should I finally try it? <laughs> you know, just turn to students. And I'm thinking... C-track students, and I'm thinking, you, you leave a half hour early, and then I get a half an hour out of the 90 minutes with you know other students, but that's not acceptable to the university, so I can't do it. But 
So anyway, those are some things I'm thinking about. What about mm. you, Tony? What's something else you're thinking of doing differently? Well, people who listen regularly know <laughs> this, <laughs> I, this, this and, and you will know right away, I have this, this for reading writing classes on one day. And you know we only have Matt, Tony. I have one, no idea what you're talking about. Why I only have students for one one it? semester, one semester, twenty five to thirty unmotivated students, uh, and uh, to teach them reading and writing. But we do have a fair amount of leeway. And so what I'm going to do this year, uh, which I made a kind of half step last year, but I'm I'm going I'm to make it more distinct this year is that I'm going to really divide the two semesters. One semester is really going to be focused on reading, and the other one is going to, the other semester is going to be focused on writing. And uh, in terms of the the writing, and I'm going to do the writing against my better judgment. I'm going to do the writing first. Well, it doesn't matter because they're not the same students anyway. So I would want to do the reading first. And the, you know, of course, if I had the same students, the reading first and then the writing afterwards. But do the writing first because that seems to be what the other teachers are doing. So I'm kind of more in sync with other people. So when I get my students in the second semester, it's more likely they would have had writing in the first semester. So now we can do the reading in the second semester. And uh, just have a, a slight amount of bleed over, right? So for example, with the writing, uh, include uh, a kind of a number of like summary type exercises. Um, and then the uh, in the next semester with the, with the reading, um, I'll also include that kind summary type um, things, which uh, they'd actually have to write about what they read, or, or maybe some kind of book reports or something. I mean, you not book re- traditional book reports, but something a little bit different. Um, so a little more uh, separation of the reading and the writing skills over the, the two semesters. So that's at that university, and we'll see if that maybe makes things a little bit easier. The limited amount of time and, and you know the you know impossible task of like in you know so you have fifteen weeks and two of those are test days and the one is the first day so that leaves you twelve weeks so you've got twelve weeks to teach reading and writing to you know, okay this that's not going to happen that's an impossible task so focusing on just one um, might be able to um, get some results out of out of out of that situation. Hmm. And we talked before about the the, the the different school cultures, right? And so you you've got that battle as well over there. So well, we'll see what happens. That's what you will. You will see what happens. Yeah, that's a, and, and again, so if if nothing else, it it, it will it be easier for me to, to focus on just on the one set of skills, and I think for the students maybe also to uh, it'll be a little it'll be more focused. It'll be, it'll be clearer for them what is expected of them and what they have to do. Um, and yeah, a little more concentrated effort in, in this in one direction um, might make it uh, things go a little bit better. We'll see. Hey, like you said, we'll see. Tune yeah, if, in, if, tune in, in <laughs> tune in in August to see what happened. <laughs> see what's happening. The ongoing, yeah. ex, the ongoing mystery. I think in a once a week class, that focus on one skill probably makes more sense. Mm-hmm. If it's twice a week, then you can do half and half. Oh, sure, that's easy. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. I think it, where we first started working together, that's what happened. There was a reading writing class, but they also had the speaking listening class. So it was twice a week. They had classes twice a week, so it was really mm-hmm. a much better situation. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I I know how you feel about that. I always try to figure out with students, let's say, who are not so motivated, maybe low level in a cert, in a school that doesn't have a a culture of let's say achievement in foreign language studies. It's really a hard gig. And anything I think you try just to see whether it sticks on the wall is, you know, is worthwhile. Mm-hmm. What do you have to? What do you have to really lose? Right, right. You know, what you've done before has worked maybe a little bit, but you could always improve a whole lot more. But you can't really go down that much more, right? Right, right. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see how that happens. We probably get a lot of complaints from students. I didn't want to do writing. I wanted to do reading. Why did I get stuck with writing? That's what's going to happen with the second yeah. semester students. Okay. Let's see something. Well, actually, there are some force differences I have this from this April is changes in curriculum. There's some new courses I have to teach, and some of the old courses have been changed and tweaked. So I have to be teaching some new classes that I haven't taught before, and I have no idea how I'm supposed to teach them and what I'm supposed to teach. So I guess I get to go in flying blind on a couple of things. But something changing the the domain, the realm of what we're talking about, I'm doing my usual, trying to figure out if I can use my the website, the course websites differently any better. And I've been going through looking at different um, CMSs, I guess, content management systems, whether it's WordPress or Ghost or something called Grav, so kind of getting nerdy, technical, geeky kind of thing. But I've been wondering whether or not there's a better way to use the website rather than just as content delivery and for uploading, downloading materials and keeping students aware and posted about what's going on. And whether or not I should go back to having a commenting system and allowing students to comment and post their ideas about what they've learned and about the class. I did that a number of years ago, and then I stopped doing it. But I'm wondering whether or not maybe that's a good chance for students to have to summarize and explain and demonstrate that they learned something in the previous class. So why, I'm, cu- I'm curious, why did you stop? <laughs> Managing all the comments, um, you know, reading all the comments, and then I felt like I had to respond to every student's comment. Uh. Right, and yeah. that got to be oh, sure, sure. pretty overwhelming, given the fact that I have over you know 150 students. Yeah, and the other thing, reason I stopped was also I think was with the rise of line. Okay, and that they're making line groups for them each class, sure. and so yeah. they're communicating to each other. But I don't know what they're doing, but also because it would give me. I'm thinking it's something they have to do. It's not graded, but it would give me an idea about what they're getting, what they're not getting. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. maybe to do it differently than the previous way is to say, no, I'm not going to respond to every comment. Number two, you're not going to be graded, but number three, it is required. And if you do it, you're fine. And if you don't do it, your grade will suffer. And that way I can just read and observe. But if I decide, you know, I have to, given the, the, the system I use for my website, then the problem is a privacy issue that they have to sign in, sign up for the commenting system with an email. And I don't know how my school feels about that. So, but which does bring me to the fact, I think one thing I'm going to do differently, I tell you, I think I solved my the privacy issue. 
Uh-huh. Did we talk about this a little bit before? Uh not not on the on the podcast. Right. Okay. So I like to have my Well, you have students submit their homework to you via e- via email, right? Correct. As an attachment. And I like students to click on a link on my website and then upload through a service called Drop It to Me, which then automatically puts their attachment into a folder either on Google or on Dropbox. And I've been told that I really shouldn't do that because of privacy issues, even though um, you know it's only a student number, but they're in my class. So I was trying to find ways to encrypt the messages automatically. And I did manage to find two services, two or three services that have um, encryption. So as soon as it goes into their system, it's automatically encrypted and there's no way for anybody to get it unless you have the decryption password. But I've been wondering whether or not to go back to the email system because then there's not a problem and I have a record and I can watch that. But then I think, ah, but then I have to strip the attachment out and you have to do that, right? Uh, Kind of. Or do you have a script for that or have you automated that somehow? Well, it's 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 not automation. It's um, it just it's a sh- kind of a, 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 a un- undocumented, I don't know, shortcut in uh, in macOS. When um, uh, I receive an email, student uh, email, student a student email, uh, and there's an attachment in um, macOS. Uh, you can you just can click on the the PDF or whatever it is. And then hit the space bar, and you get a preview, right? It's a full, full, a full preview of the whole document. So I don't have to open it. I don't have to download it. I can just see it, and it, I can scroll through the entire PDF, and that gives me enough to because it, it's a, it's a, it, it's it's weekly homework. So there's there's no there's no commenting. There, I just have to decide whether it's. They did everything they're supposed to do. They get three points. Uh, they 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 missed something. It's two points. It's they gave me something. It's one. And if they if they didn't do it, they just get a zero. And then I have uh, the text expander snippets that says, "Yeah, you did everything. Congratulations, everything right." Two, something was wrong, and I have like um, again more snippets that you know, you know, you you, you forgot the vocabulary. Uh, you need to write more. There's three or four standard just things that they don't do. Okay. Yeah. And so, boom, boom, boom. So one, one, one student's assignment probably takes me at most two minutes, okay. which is important because at this school I have 180 students. Okay. And yes, we should uh, talk, remind people that if you're using a Mac. Or even if you're, uh, you would be text expander, but if you're not using a Mac or using a Windows system, any kind of text expansion software is going to. Well, text expander is now available for Windows too. Oh, it is. So, but, okay. but but there's but there are others too. So yeah, any kind it's of like anything shortcut yeah that software, just allows right? you to type a couple of keystrokes that expands into a paragraph, a pre-made paragraph. You know, it's so much faster than cutting and pasting if you had it that way. Right. So you're just grading. So do students send? It just to a general email address, or do you have separate email addresses for each of your classes? How does that work? Just out of curiosity. Um, I I give them a, a Gmail address, and um, you um, 
taught me oh, this one, about yeah. the, the Gmail aliases. Right. So each of them, each of them send it to a different email address. Um, I think it's like something like Tony Shukudai. And then it's plus, you know, Sunday one, Sunday two, Sunday three, Sunday four, S1, S2, S3, S4, depending on what class they're in. Um, that goes to the Gmail account. The Gmail account automatically forwards it to my Mac account. In the Mac account, I have uh, the Mac email account. I have filters set up so that when it receives an email with a plus Sunday one, S1, plus S1, it automatically routes that to um, the S1 in folder. And so when I the weekend comes and I come to, to check their homework, I go to the S1 folder, and then I'll have those, ideally, 40 to 45 students' assignments in that mailbox. And just go through one, look at it, um, send them the message, input the grade on the spreadsheet. Go to the next one, look at it, send the student one of those pre-programmed messages, go to the spreadsheet. And you can get through a class in 40, 45 minutes or so. Yeah, I'm beginning to think that that's just easier is that I have the email, just reply, use text expander. I might do something like that this from April and go back and use Gmail. Yeah. Also and also, by, oh, by the way, when it, when it comes to the Apple Mail thing, there's an automatic response that says, yes, I've received your, re I received your assignment. Um, I have not read it. <laughs> I probably won't get to it you know, for a, a number of days, but blah, blah, blah. Wait, you have an automatic so don't, don't don't send it again. You have an automatic reply for that setup. Yes. You want to explain to people how you do that? That might be helpful for some people, even though it's not a geek episode. Uh, it's uh, in okay in Apple Mail. It's just in the preferences, and you just set up like another rule. So if, um, for example, again we have those those same folders. You set up a rule saying that if, uh, you receive an email with this plus S one. Sunday first period uh, comes in automatic reply is it, well, what do you do and you have like a you just write the text that you want to go back and it automatically sends that reply to everybody um, anytime that a message comes in to that with that in the to field so it went to Tony Shukdai S1 plus S1 they will automatically just get a response from mm. from mail it's just—it's one of the options in setting up rules in mail. Hmm. Yeah, and you can do that in other email programs as sure, well. Right? Sure, sure, sure. So I'm sure I'm sure Outlook has a very for the Windows people uh, has a, has a very good system for that. I'm I'm guessing, yes, but I'm, yes. I'm pretty sure it does. And if you yeah, I know that Box does that. Box.com allows you to when students upload using an upload link, you can set it to send a confirmation email to them. And that's really handy because sometimes Gmail they... Gmail itself also has tools like that. I don't know how flexible it is, but because I haven't worked with it. But I, again, you know, I use I use Mac's mail thing, and, and so I try to as much as possible try to minimize the number of applications and things that I need to work with, and try and focus it the one way. Not it's not 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 saying that because it's better than anything else. It just happens to be what I use, and I just try to minimize the number of things involved, number of pieces. And make it as simple as possible. I really understand that right now I'm bouncing between two different email apps and I can't Whoa. decide and I can't decide which one to use because when Oh does, yeah, when you're trying to decide a mail account or like a calendar thing, a calendar tool is like 
or like a, a, a to-do list and stuff when you're oh. in a transition period. Oh, man, it makes you crazy. Makes yeah, you that's crazy. exactly what I'm going through right now because one program, one app will allow – I don't like to download images immediately. So I like to mm -hmm. be able to click on that. So one allows me to view the images, right? And the other one doesn't have that. And the other one has a better search function. And But then the one also has archive on send and the other one does not. So it's just... If you could only get in there and put them together, huh? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. So... Okay, so but um, um, to go back yeah. to initially when we went into this thing, um, you talked about uh, possibly um, uh, trying for more student response in your um, student web pages and things. Um, interestingly enough, we talked you know, before the show we were talking a little bit about big changes and the one overall change that that I'm also thinking about. We didn't talk about this, but it was exactly that um, from last month's. Um, podcast um have been thinking about and again i've got a little bit of time before the classes begin um one of the things that i want to try to do is to find a way to uh include um some conduit for student feedback in the web pages or the blogs that i have um for the different classes and to encourage more student, not only student feedback to me, but also more more student interaction among themselves. So that that's one of the things that I'm gonna tr going to try to do. Have not done yet, but been thinking about it. Yeah, deeply. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to. We talked last week, last episode about the different systems we use for feedback, and mm. I. What's kind of getting to me? It's we're kind of digressing into a, a tech thing here is I'm using so many different tools and adding them on to the website that I use that it's a little bit distracting and getting a little bit unwieldy yeah. for me. And if I could just get everything together into one system, I'd be a lot happier, but I would like to get, yes, better feedback on a constant basis. And I, I'm also wanting to make sure that one of the things I'm definitely going to be doing from April is I'm going to be using checklists with myself to make sure that I do certain things in every class. Nice idea. You know, that I start off. I mean, it's easy for me to remember to start off with a review, but sometimes I forget because yeah, of timing. Yeah, so you, get, you get wrapped up in the middle of a class. You get another, you, uh, things uh, yes. start flashing and say, okay, this is a great idea. And then, uh, yeah, it's like the class, the, the bell rings and it's like, damn it. <laughs> Right. So, I wanted to do these things. So I'm going to definitely use checklists more. Like it. Yeah. You know, so that I make sure, for example, that, you know, I start with a review. I have the students go quickly to Socrative and tell me how motivated they are that morning. Um, do my classes, you know, check off things. And at the end, do the final review and then have the exit ticket about how they feel about how motivated they are. So I have that record. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be using the checklist, but I'm also beginning to think about using checklists more for students. You know, make a pre-made checklist and that they have to, you know, that they have reviewed the class before coming, that they have done the homework, that they have thought about the class, that they have talked about the class with one of their classmates for at least five minutes since the last class. Something like that, I think might be also helpful for them. I don't know. What do you think? 
I think I like the checklist. I think the checklist is a, is a great idea because, and I, again, like, talk about people who um, maybe don't have that much teaching experience, and they think that it's like just them. That kind of like you get it, you know, you get this great lesson plan. You get in, you walk into the classroom, you start going, and it all it all goes to hell. <laughs> and then maybe, and not necessarily in a bad way, but like your plan is just like evaporates. It's just like falls apart in your hands as it just is like just crumbles. Right. And, and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, but um, the, the checklist is, is a, is a great thing. And it's a great tool to keep you, the teacher on track. Um, focused on what he's supposed to be doing. Right. And I, I love that idea. It's great. But I mean, I th- do, but I don't look at it. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. What's this piece of paper? I'm like, oh yeah, this is my checklist. I think one of the big differences, I think, between new, novice teachers and experienced teachers is when the class goes south and the lesson plan doesn't work, the, the novice teacher freaks out and the experienced teacher kind of just goes, oh, well, again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. another day, another day. Here we are. <laughs> but going back to checklists, I was reading about checklists. There was a good article in The New Yorker. I think it's Gawanti. Um, it's a doctor who talks about checklists, and he's a very good writer. But somebody was mentioning that when you poll surgeons about checklists, they, they say that if anyone, any family member or someone close to them is about to go undergo surgery, that they definitely support the use of checklists, but they are opposed to checklists when they are doing the surgery. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Sure. So I think I definitely want to make sure there are certain things I cover. And that's basically because I want to get that feedback this year. I want to mm. get feedback at the beginning, at the end. And I realize now it's going to take me a while to get students used to that. Oh, and here's something I'm going to do differently. And I don't know how this is going to go over, but I realize I have to train my students better to do things correctly from the first day. And yeah. I've talked about um, submitting homework properly, naming files properly, for example. Those things I think I'm just going to do. And I'm going to have to do it from the first day. And I'm hesitant again because of it kind of makes things a little unpleasant for the students. But I'm beginning to think that the amount of error, the error rate that can is continuous throughout the school semester that ends up resulting in more work for me. Um, I'm not willing to put up with that any longer. Mm. What do well, you think? Maybe I'm, just being, um, I'm just being too strict. I don't know. Or maybe too lazy well, or too selfish. Well, I don't know. No, I don't know. It's a different approach. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the right way to do that. I, I, I go the other way. Um, I'm a lot more lenient that way, a little more open. Uh, it doesn't necessarily maybe it doesn't frustrate me as much when when they when they screw up um i kind of look more at not whether they screw up or not but like why and if it's you know because i mean especially if like for me like they're all first year students there's all kinds of adjustments stuff against kids you know again we still have kids showing up without computers and i don't want to i don't want to make their homework submission so it's this anxiety-inducing thing that's going to make it less likely for them to do it or to negatively impact the work that they're doing. It's like it, it, I'm trying to make this seamless and as stressless as possible for them, but at the same time, it's like, but hey, <laughs> there's there's my end too. Um, you know, we we got to meet each other halfway here. It's like you know, I 
I understand, I understand you're freaking out. You don't know how to use a computer and all this stuff is what I really need to do. But at the same time, I got a bunch of kids and you're going to have to do it this way, but I don't want to make it more, any more stressful than it needs to be. You know, I really understand that. And I agree, but it's the way my system has worked where, you know, it's really the student has to name the file name properly because a right. lot of the, I'm not getting their names. Or just the, falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. It just, and I have no idea if you don't name your file properly and it doesn't get in the right order in my folder section, for example, I don't know who you are. Yeah. I, 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 and I, I get, it. I, I like kids all through the year. They, just send, yeah. send, they, they send you stuff and they don't give, tell them who, who right. they don't tell you who and they are. I think part of it, um, you know, I agree with you that I want to make it as stress-free as possible. And I basically have figured out a, a system where I can do that now that I can, I have a numbering system and it, it's, well, you know, Tony, this always reminds me of this thing where people say that Japanese students are not creative. And I think I've mentioned this before. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, and you know, I think they're unbelievably creative when it comes to messing my, my perfect systems. <laughs> I really believe that. I'm just amazed at how that, but also... They can find that chink, yeah. They can you know, find that chink in the armor. They can, they can find that hole. Yeah, I think I'm also at a point where I'm just not accepting that a person says that they don't know how to use a computer any longer. You know, and if you don't learn it fast, learn it quickly, learn it now. That's the modern world. And I really don't, I know that there are a lot of reasons and some of these students have not had computers or used, but most of them, you know, they know how to use their phones. And I say, well, just use your phone to do, you know, submit your homework. It's not a problem. And all you got to do is name your file properly. But I, I, I go through this. This is, um, so, okay. I, one of the things I'm going to change is I'm going to breathe more this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm going to meditate good. more when they don't do things. That's always um, good. Yeah. I. We talked a little bit about optimal stress levels in the last mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I've been really thinking a lot about that since the last podcast. And that, you know, trying to give them the right amount of pressure that forces them to do better than they think they can do, I think. And at the same time, be comfortable. And I'm going to play with that, I think, a little bit more this year and be more mm. sensitive and aware of that. Um, that should be good. Yeah, I don't know exactly how to implement it or how to measure it. But I think I'm going to be very clear with students that I will, you know, I want you to succeed and, you know, that you'll be able to pass my class. But I do want you to know that I will fail you for not performing. And that's where the models come in. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, to say, I do expect most of you to succeed, but, you know, how to playing with that, I have to figure out ways so that I can give them enough pressure that it doesn't freak them out, but it's enough to, you know, tickle their feet, so to speak, right? Put a, a fire yeah. under their feet or something like what is I don't even know what the expression is any longer. You know what that expression is? Put fire under their feet? Is that it? L light, light a fire under them, I think. is Something like that, right? Okay. Light a fire under them. Yeah. So that's something I'm thinking about is, you know, changing the way the pressures, because if a student has made the same mistake six or seven times, you know, I've talked so much about this problem with, you know, file naming. And by the way, you know, it's interesting in design thinking, if people are doing something right, it's your system. It's not people. <laughs> and yeah, I know that. Uh, I know right, that's completely right. wrong. <laughs> Believe that statement is totally wrong. So I've decided I'll change my system and simplify it. And um, 
I mean, yeah, yeah, any system, if anything you can do to make it simpler is the right thing. It's amazing. I, I've tried it kind of before, but I finally figured out how to make it absolutely simple. And I'm just each of my classes is just going to have a letter. And the first class of the, the week is A. And if there's a second class on the same day, it's B. So I'm just going to have like A through F, let's say, right? And then mm-hmm. student who, and then you have those numbers, you know, you have the student numbers, but then you have the number in the class and you have student number one, student number two, student number 10, student number 12. I'm just going to tell students, this is now your number. You are A1, you are A12, you are C13, you are D28. Remember your number. And that's the number you submit whenever you do your homework. That's all I need. D28 week one. D28 week two. And, you know, simplify it as much as possible. And that way also, you know, I, I will tell them, just include your assigned this student number on in the paper, and then I don't have to worry about privacy issues any longer also. So that's something else I'm going to do differently. But well, I'm sure there, <laughs> there will be students who will find a way to mess with that as well. <laughs> yes, there will be. Yeah. Also, I think the other thing, Tony, that... Uh, is affecting me a little bit more. Um, think talk about doing things differently. Is I'm getting, I can see the end of my teaching career. I turned fifty nine this year. Um, mandatory retirement age for me, I think, is sixty five, or the year that I turned sixty five. Um, you know, it's years are counting down now. I don't have that much time left as a teacher. I know you have only a couple more. You're years. telling me. You're, you're, <laughs> you're telling you've me, bud. Two more years, right? Two more full, two more full years, yeah, yeah, and I'm beginning to think what I really want to do more carefully, and the because I've been thinking about that, and I've been thinking about technology, and I've been thinking about AI, and I've been t- thinking about all the things that are happening. I'm really beginning to wonder how to integrate the use of machine translation software into my classes because that's just something students use. And Mm. I figure, you know, teach them how to use it properly, you know, so they know the limitations. And because I'm sure that most, a lot of them are using it and just not telling me that. And I'm sure that when they go to the website, they just copy and paste it into Google Translate and it's easier for them to read that way. And if that's the case, that's something else I'm thinking about is including you know, every class, you know, how to use the machine translation so you can use it more effectively mm. and you don't make mistakes and that they, they understand not to submit work that's machine translated. Mm. So that's something else. But, you know, that's because, again, I'm getting to the end. I'm just beginning to wonder, you know, what do I really need to teach these students? You know, what, what's my mm. job here? What mm. do I have to help them learn? You know, what do I want to do mm. in the classroom? Mm. But it's anything else you're planning to do differently? Yep, yep, yep. I got a whole lot of stuff. Oh, go. <laughs> um, well, at one school... <laughs> <clears throat> this should be easier. Um, I'm not going to change much at all. Um, I uh, in usually have really good results from this school, but I noticed something very unusual this year. Um, in uh, their second semester, they have two oral two oral exams, one like in the midterm, one for the final, and uh, which is similar in format to one test that they get in the in the first semester. Um, and I. For the first class in the morning, he came in and I just noticed it's like it was really kind of an uh, unsettling and very surprising increase in in what they're 
we're capable of doing. Because I use the same format, same kind of oral exam that I've been doing for, like for more than 10 years. And each group, you know, there, there, there's like groups of four students that are chosen at random, and there's one topic that they need to discuss, you know, like six minutes or four students, they have eight minutes. And um, one of the topics that we've discussed in class. And group after group, it's like their scores for their second exam of the semester, like almost double their first <laughs> scores. Hmm. And it was group after group and then class after class. And I'm going, I'm going to, and I have, the, the data is all, I, I'm in Chicago now, but the data is all in Japan. And I'm going to crunch that together and um, quantify it. And that might be my, you're talking about like the end, right? And this might be my final academic paper. If I can put it in a way that's useful for anybody else and find like a, a forum for it. Um, so I'm not going to touch that at all, except, you know, one of the students, um, uh, again, we talked about student feedback. Uh, she says, you know, contrary to me and, and, and what I think and most of the other students I've talked to after that um, agrees is that she says, well, the students feel more feel very inhibited in groups that they might be better off if they, instead of having groups, have pairs of students where they could debate each other about a particular topic. Well, I don't <laughs> I don't know about that, but I will um, I will put that to the students uh, next year and uh, see if any of them are interested in that, um, into a one-on-one kind of um, uh, discussion slash debate rather than a, a group thing, I says. Because the group thing is like, well, you know, uh, somebody's talking, you can, it gives you a little bit of a breather. You can like think and put your thoughts together and think about what you're going to say, but it's one-on-one. It's really kind of, kind of intense, but well, she, she's an exceptional student. Um, but so, um, I'm going to do that. But other than that, I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch it. The only interesting thing with that school is that I have three, uh, what are, are called advanced level classes. And then I have a, uh, fourth class, which is a regular class. And, uh, we talked about feedback in the last episode, and this is a case where the university has op- totally optional, um, students log in to the to the university system and they can fill out a can questionnaire um, about the class and answer excellent questions. And one of the interesting one of the questions was about the class's difficulty. And of the four classes, the the, the non advanced class, there were more responsive to saying that it was not difficult. The advanced classes thought it was difficult, and I, I taught it exactly the same way. I, I didn't make any distinction between the others, except except in grading their assignments. I gave them a you know I was a little bit kinder um, with their homework assignments and, and their written papers. Um, but other than that, the con- everything else was the same. Reading assignments were the same. The expectation in the classroom was the same. So forth and so on. But that was the uh, the the non-advanced class that was thought the class was the easiest, which was I have no explanation for. <laughs> but um, I'm not going to do anything with that class. Um, I do have a new class next year at another university. It's um, presentation and public speaking, um, which I have not completely hashed out yet, even though the syllabus was submitted some time ago. But uh, it, yeah, they'll end up doing several presentations each semester. Um, the the details of which will um, I'll hammer out at some point between now and the first day of classes. Um, the um, I have a uh, at that same university I have a general communication class, uh, which is fairly tightly coordinated, but 
Mm, damn the torpedoes. I'm going to, uh, one of the th- my complaints is that th- there has been no um, introduction of new vocabulary in, in these classes. The I have not seen exactly what is going to be included, but I have heard from the coordinator that some vocabulary has been included. And time permitting, I'm going to put together my own uh, little auxiliary vocabulary input for them and quizzes and so forth and so on completely, you know, off reservation, outside the lines, kind of additional work for the, for the kids to do just for them, right. Uh, for their, for their, cause these are, you know, kids are you know, in, within the school, that school, it will help them because they have a very strong emphasis on, on English education. Uh, even if you're not an English major, there's a number of English classes that they um, have to take. So, um, that I think will be helpful for them, and I think just the right thing to do. Okay. And uh, we talked a little bit earlier about the mo- the models and uh, the examples, and I have an intercultural communication class, and I have gotten lazy, and I need to get sit my butt down in, in a chair and uh, create some good models for these kids so that they, again, I talked about like my lack of confidence and communicating my expectations the thing this is one of the one of the classes that it, it's in my mind it's like yeah these i need to make some better models for these kids in, in terms of what i expect them to produce and and what they're expected to do and so i need to, i need to do that at, and that's going to be a little bit of hard work for me mm. okay and so yeah so that's that's basically about it <laughs> yeah that's something from the second side of Abbey Road, isn't it? <laughs> no, that's um, Sergeant Pepper, right? Found my hat, ran up the stairs, went back to bed, laid on his town. Yeah, uh, that's, that's right. That's right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, the he, le, final thing I'm going to say today, final thing I'm ever going to say, <laughs> is that I'm going to go back to doing something I did a year ago. I changed um, my presentation class last year at my school, and I used a textbook, and I ended up the students ended up giving – three or four presentations. And I'm going to go back to my old model, which was I didn't use a textbook. I just had the website. I taught them things. And they gave a presentation every week, short, you know, two, three-minute presentations. And over time, they became four-minute presentations and then five. So by the end of the semester, they were doing 10-minute presentations. Stick with the group thing. And by the end of the semester, I'm going to go back. They're going to still have, they're going to have given, let's say, 30 to 40 presentations because they've, mm. you know, they're doing them in small groups rotating through mm-hmm. and 10 mm-hmm. weeks. That's something I'm going to go back to. But I wanted to comment on one thing, Tony, you said, which is when, you know, you said some of the students prefer pairs and some of them prefer groups. Yeah, one, one preferred the pairs you know, I've had by, this, by respecters. Okay, so. okay. I've had students where, you know, you know, maybe 10 students said they want to do one-on-one and then let's say 16 students or 15 students said they want to do three or more. I break the class up that way. I, I well, say, I'm gonna, that's what I think I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Give the, if the ones who, if they say they want to work pair work, if I, I say, if I can do the math, if I can set up the groups, then the pairs the way you like, that's how you're going to do it. And again, that's just a good, good thing to say. Oh, see, look, I'm doing differentiated learning. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm meeting the needs, but I think that's, those are the main things I'm going to change this upcoming semester. And then we'll do it again in August, right? Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. So I think it's a good time to stop. We've gone over an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That went quickly. I didn't think 
Yeah, zoom right by. Zoomed I was thinking it was actually going to be hard to fill the hour, but you know, people are kind of no. like, you have absolutely no idea how long you stretch this out. Okay, so. <laughs> and it is two teachers talking. <laughs> and talking and talking, talking, and, talking, and, talking, talking and talking and talking and talking. We're two teachers talking. I'm Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And two teachers talking and talking. We should change the name to just talking and talking, talking and, and talking. Talking. Yeah. talking and talking. Okay, Tony. So I think people by now know where to find us. Check the website. Right, Check so, us yeah. on iTunes. New, new year beginning, guys. Ha- happy New Year, Tony. Yeah. Happy New Year. Okay, be well. Okay. <laughs>